I spend most of my days with fleeting thoughts, riding, listening, and collecting old beach cruisers. The morning rides keep me on a hill of silence. I go months without a phone. Love, loss, and grief have disturbed my comfort zone, but the glimmers of God speak through my music and family. While the world around me evolves, I reflect on what matters the most, the life in which my words will land next. As I produce my final TDE album, I feel joy to have been a part of such a cultural imprint after 17 years, the struggles, the success, and most importantly, the brotherhood. May the Most High continue to use Top Dog as a vessel for candid creators as I continue to pursue my life's calling. There's beauty in completion and always faith in the unknown. Thank you for keeping me in your thoughts. I've prayed for you all. See you soon enough. Kendrick Lamar. So Kendrick Lamar recent, recently released an open letter um, to, his, to his fans and family and everything, his friends. And um, he's announcing that he's dropping his last album on TDE, as you can hear. And with Kendrick doing that, I think we all kind of saw this coming with, like, previous rumors and everything. But I don't think that there's any malicious intent. I don't think that this is an issue like um, fuck volume or even, like, ruthless or anything like that. I think that this is, a like, a, a mutual and cordial thing. Um, I think Top Dog knew that Kendrick was going to leave eventually, do his own thing. And frankly, it does make sense considering where Kendrick is at in his career, like how he's revered. I think it makes sense for him to move on, start his own label and, uh, you know, just have his own creative imprint overall. And look at Kendrick Lamar's career. And I've done a podcast where I I think he is a legend. I already put it out there. Um, I think that, that Kendrick coming out and being candid and uh, talking about this is good because it kills all the the speculation from the outside sources aka people like me but um you know i i uh i do think that the the honesty you put into the letter where he's talking about uh riding his bike through silence and everything the honesty i can appreciate that in an artist and it makes a lot of sense that you know kendrick would be in a, a time of reflection you know, if he has lost family members, loved ones, etc., it makes sense that he would be reflecting on why he would want to be much more introverted and um, why it's taken so long for him to release an album so many years. And I respect Kendrick for taking his time. I don't think anyone should get rushed into a creative endeavor ever. I mean, any endeavor, but especially a creative one of uh, especially the magnitude Kendrick has to deal with, uh, the pressure, the money, etc., I think that there is a lot out here uh, for artists and shit. And I think that Kendrick has carved his own area. He's carved his own lane. Um, he has classic albums. He has to pimp, but- to pimp a Butterfly, Good Kid, Mad City. I think that he has left such a like great mark on hip-hop as a whole and music. So him leaving TDE does make sense. And it is kind of sad in a way. It isn't the end of an era. But, you know, it is what it is, and you got to respect the man and his wishes. Um, I don't think that he's going to stop making music with the the Black Hippie crew or anything. But I do think that this is a departure from his crew. You know, it's a departure from his old label, and he's moving on to things. So and I don't know if we know. I can never personally say, oh, I expect Kendrick to do this. I expect an artist to do this because I can't. But... um whatever Kendrick Lamar does I wish him much success 
And as far as the album goes, uh, I'm really excited about it. I mean, hype is already drumming up. People are throwing Drake's name in the mix, Kanye in the mix for some reason, comparing music that we haven't heard. It's a funny world we live in. We're comparing music we haven't heard and we're already pitting people against each other. But um, the idea that uh, this is his last album on TDE means that this is not his last album in general. So we will be getting more music. And we wonder about the delay and everything. I genuinely think that he was just living his life, going through things, getting things sorted out like any human. And why would he want to pressure himself to release something and rush it? And then it's not as good as his previous work. And then his fans turn on him. I think Kendrick is really smart and he does get the, how the game goes and he does get that with each project that drops, I feel like he puts pressure on himself. Like with any artistry, um, any artist at that level, like doing what you're doing commercially, there is some pressure to it. So um, him not wanting to come back or taking so long makes all the sense in the world to me. And I wouldn't be mad if he decided to retire, considering everything he's done in his career. If he did decide to legitimately retire, and I'm not bullshitting. I'm not, like, talking about how retirement, like, how rappers talk about it. I mean, I mean like, real retirement. Like, how, like I think Kendrick could legit live without um, putting anything out there like that. I think he, he seems really secure in that. And I feel like he does this shit because he really loves it. And I don't think money is a driving force for him. Which is a good thing. So all I'm really trying to say is I think that Kendrick's next album, last album from TDE, Untitled, whatever it's called, is going to be a great project. And I'm very excited to listen to it. It is kind of unfortunate that he is departing from the label, but this is growth. And what do you expect, people? People got to change. People got to do things. And people got to develop. And um, Kendrick is no different. And... I'm going to move on a little bit. I uh, watched the battle between King Los and Daylight. And I got to say, um, wow, it was really fucking awesome. I, I, I think I'm going to have to give the edge over to Daylight, but it was a really close battle. I think that King Los showed up. And I think his final, he, he said some crazy shit in his final verse. He had a good opener. I think that Daylight took the first round and the second round. But that last round, I think, was Los. Um, I thought Los, like, went in and he, and he fucking did his thing. And, like, I think that Los, again, he's proving why, like, he's one of those few dudes who can step into the battle arena. He's really proving that. And then you you have, um, what is it, uh, Daylight, who is a veteran in the battle arena. And he's battled absol you know like he, he's actually battled a, a lot of people he's bought he's battled disaster he's battled chilla jones i believe he he has literally taken on damn near everybody in battle rap i don't think that there's a that there is a person that daylight hasn't battled against i could literally spend time naming a thousand names t-rex think uh who else pat stay like he has battled so many goddamn people like he really has gone through the whole roster and he's never i don't think he's faltered like that you could say his gimmicks gimmicks can get in the way but um i i think that what he did was really consistent i think daylight is a a master at, at what he does with battle rap and i think king lois is a master at what he does with words and um I, although I do think Lois really came with it, I, I'm going to have to edge it and give it to Daylight 
just based off of um, just just how he controlled the crowd, his lyricism, and I think he had a, a strong edge with each point he made. And Los did his thing, but I feel like Los, though, more so, like, had a really dope collection of lines. And at the end of the day, it's hard for me to pick a winner. I respect both of these gentlemen, and um, I, I, you could really just watch it. And uh, I recommend if you, you watch it, you listen to it, you listen to what they're doing lyrically, and you try to catch, um, just catch it. Like, try to catch the poeticism, try to try to catch the metaphors, the double entendres, like, what is it, the line that King Los had where he used uh, the Marvel characters, carry this Iron Man, you, you look up at the Doctor Strange, like, it, he, I think Los's wordplay was 100, um, oh, fuck, he, he had another, another line in there, something about, um, Baltimore, alright, well, and, and Daylight, the way he would end his, uh, end his, uh, rounds with the Joker always beats the King, because, um, Los called Daylight Joker, I think, early in the first round. So it's it is interesting to see um the scheme. Maybe I'm wrong about I don't know if Los called him a Joker. I think that's because Daylight was running off this whole entire Daylight I think was running off this angle, like since Los goes by King Los. Um <clears throat> and uh, you know, Joker, King, Deck of Cards. He really went off that. And I got to say, I think Daylight did turn. The reason I give, um, I don't know if I can give Lois the third round. Because Daylight really snapped on the third round. Like It's tough because I really think that they this was both a great lyrical showcase. But looking at it, I feel like Daylight won. But it wasn't by such a huge margin. But I, Daylight did win each round. It wasn't by a big margin. But I do think that, that Daylight did his thing. And Lois... I respect Lowe so much. Like, he's a great MC, and I think that he really put everything on display. Like, when he was talking about God tier, like the way he opened up the show, I thought that, that King Lowe's really came to battle, and it was a good battle. It was a close battle. But um, I still think Daylight edged him in every round. Um, third round's kind of debatable. It's tough because. Both of them really fucking snapped on it, so it, I, I can't. It, it's this is a, this is just a tough one. It's a doozy, folks. But uh, if you are a fan of battle rap, I do recommend that you go check this out. I appreciate it. Um, I'm gonna be back in the podcast studio. It's kind of excuse me, sorry, people. I'm tired as fuck. Um, yeah. So basically, I'm gonna be back in the podcast studio this Sunday. Talking to Mubarak Alpha Blondie. A little bit of background on him. I uh, met him in Portland Street performing. He was uh, selling his CDs and everything. And this is some old school shit. Like, people don't really meet like this anymore. I want to say this is 2018, 2017. And uh, from there we clicked. And uh, No, it was 2017. And from there we clicked. And uh, we um, started creating music together and everything. I have a record with him on my mixtape, Into the Haze, which you can check out now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited uh, for the listeners to get to know him. He's just a really nice guy, genuine person. And I, I think, too, like his musicianship and his creativity is off the charts. He has played me stuff that he hasn't played for a lot of people from from what I know, just maybe people in the circle. 
and it impresses me every time. I, I think that Mubarak is really one of the best talents out here, and I think that he uh, he presents a lot of uh, good, positive traits and shit. So I'm excited uh, to interview him and uh, just have a conversation and uh, let the listeners like get the opportunity to know who he is and staying busy, staying active. I'm working on uh, some bigger podcasts too. Um, I'm in talks uh, to get someone on the show. So, yeah, I'm staying busy, staying on the hustle, as they say. And um, I'm really loving this shit. And there have been a few interesting things that have been popping up. So I've been trying to drop um, on Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Today is Thursday. So uh, I'm going to try to stick with the schedule. I'll probably drop some audio formatted stuff and then uh, some... uh, uh, what is it? My video podcast will be recorded at the studio every Sunday. So, yeah. Anyway, I appreciate everything. Keep on rocking in the free world. Have an awesome day. And, yeah, I'll catch you around. Thank you, guys.